we are back. Did you miss me? I missed you. I missed me. Hell, I don't know where I've been. Actually, that's not true. I have been editing and writing and deep into it. Uh, Smoke Eaters is out in the world doing very well. Thanks to all of you readers who have enjoyed it and purchased it. It has a Publishers Weekly starred review, which is awesome. And some other cool things going on with it that I can't talk about. And I want to let you know, if you haven't already heard the news via Twitter, Facebook, or wherever, uh, my next book is coming out. And it's called Daughters of Forgotten Light. It comes out September 4th. As of this recording, we have not yet revealed the cover of the book, but it is fucking magnificent. And I'm not just saying that because it's my book. Like, seriously, this is, this is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen in my life. And uh, Daughters of Forgotten Light, to give you an insight, is basically about all women motorcycle gangs in space. And pretty much every character in the book is a woman. I have only two male characters in the entire book, and they have very, very, very small parts. The book is about... Oubliette, which is this city in space that's turned into a penal colony. It's far into the future, and uh, these women get sent there because they are not compliant, and they aren't good enough to go to the military, so they get sent out to this city in space. And there's three motorcycle gangs who fight for supremacy of Oubliette, and they finally come up with a truce, but all that is shaken when they get a shipment of new supplies more prisoners, and something never seen on Oubliette, or allowed on Oubliette for that matter, a baby. Anyway, I've talked too much about it already. I can go on and on and on describing the plot. There's a lot of nuances. And I also want to let you know if you enjoyed Smoke Eaters, a sequel is coming out as well. It's going to be called Ash Kickers, and that comes out next summer, summer 2019. But let's get into why you're really here. This is episode 12 of Cosmic Dragon, and we are going to be speaking with Mike Brooks. Here's a little bit about him and the stuff he writes. And we're here with Mike Brooks, who is the author of the Keiko series. The third book in the series just came out in November. It is available now. Uh, Mike himself lives in the UK, in Nottingham. And he is in a punk band. He DJs sometimes, like myself. And uh, he is the guy with the mohawk, if you ever see him at conventions. That's another thing, Mike. Is The mohawk, is that something that you do on a daily basis or, or just 90% of the time? or That's got to be like a daily thing you have to work on, right? Um, actually, I, I can't have it for my day job anymore because um, I've got to – the day job I've got now, and I've about the last five, six years, I've got to look smart. So I have to put my hair back. So it's slick back. So ah. the mohawk, the mohawk is a is a like a, a weekend and, and not at a day job thing now, <laughs> which is a shame. But it means it means I don't. I've got a job now where I don't have to work um, weekends or or uh, evenings, late nights, bank holidays. So it's like, yeah, that's a trade off I can take. Absolutely, and and it's kind of like a a transformation. You're like, okay, I'm done with this part of my life, and now I can jump in and and get the mohawk out. But yeah, they what, were, I re- what I really want is like if I could do like a Dilophosaurus in Jurassic Park and just go bling, yeah. and it comes straight up and not bother styling it. But sadly, we're not at that stage yet. 
That would make things easier. But you know, you could you could put that into your books. Just have somebody who has a retractable mohawk. That'd be the awesome. The Mary Sue of hair. The Mary. <laughs> oh, I've been hearing that term tossed around a lot. Uh, <laughs> so let's talk about your books. Uh, and I mentioned to the listeners that it is the Keiko series. The third book came out in November. The first book was Dark Sky. No, first oh, book was Dark Run. Dark Run, that's right. Dark Run, then Dark Sky, and now Dark Deeds is the most recent. Uh, is this going to be it? Is this a trilogy, or are you planning a fourth book? Um, I'm planning a fourth book. Um, as to whether or not, or, or I suppose in what way the fourth book would see the light of day depends, because um, whether or not uh, my current publishers are interested in taking another one from me depends on sales figures and so forth. Um, I do. I would want to continue telling the series, but... Um, if my current publishers don't go for it, I might need to find another home or um, possibly look at even uh, putting it out myself if it comes to it. So I think that I intend for there to be one, but um, in terms of as and when that would arrive is not completely up to me. Right. And to let the listeners know, the publishers you're speaking of is uh, Delray UK in uh, your part of the world and Saga Press over here in the States, North America, that kind of thing. Yeah. So while we're on it, why don't uh, you tell us about your your process as far as getting into publishing? Uh, Was this something that you decided you were going to pursue an agent first? Did you have contacts as far as an editor? How how did it all work out? Um, By happy accident and uh, a mix of a happy accident and perseverance, I guess. it's uh i'll try i'll try and cut the story down um so i've been writing for ages i'd written a few different novels um and actually haven't finished them which made a change and i've been putting stuff out to agents and getting absolutely nowhere no interest at all which is probably because i was writing urban fantasy at the time which is when the urban fantasy market had pretty much hit peak saturation no one was interested anymore um but that was what I was writing, and I didn't realize that it wasn't a great thing to be writing, and I was enjoying writing it, so that's what I was doing. Um, I ended up on a website that doesn't exist anymore called Orthonomy, um, which is like autonomy, but with an H in it to make it like author, um, which was a website for HarperCollins publishers. And basically, it was a sort of a semi-self-ordering slush pile. So authors wrote on there, and they uploaded what they were writing, and then the idea was other authors on the site you give each other feedback and other authors on the site would vote on the current novels that they liked the best. And at the end of each month, um, the five novels or five manuscripts, whatever it was, with the highest current backing rate would end up on HarperCollins' desk. And they'd look at them, you know, because normally if you're going to get to a big publisher, you need an agent. But this was a, this was a slush pile. But they kind of, okay, well, we'll let, the, we'll let the other authors decide who's the best and we'll just take a look at what turns up which is an interesting idea um and each author you only had you could only back five things at any one time so there's a limit to who you could back and i went on there trying to get um feedback on what i was writing but the trouble was i found it was a very political place and it was everybody was basically saying oh yeah your writing's wonderful now please back my book (laughs) um which was lovely but in no way useful um and so because oh yeah i'll back your book if you back my book and then you back their book and then they back your book and then after a day they take their backing back from your book and they do the same thing to someone else and hope you don't notice and keep backing their book and 
yeah, it was it was not at all useful for what I went there for. But what I did find there was uh, an interesting looking fantasy novel would have been uploaded by a guy called Luke Skull. Um, and uh, it was called The Grim Company. And I started reading it. And so, yeah, actually, this is this is really quite good. So I, I started giving him feedback, which was the alleged purpose of the site. It's just that very few people did it in a useful way. I started giving him feedback. He apparently found that useful. Um, then an agent who was scouting the site picks him up. And he so he took his stuff off the site because there was a, a thing of actually, you know, um, other publishers might not really want what they're buying from you to have already been up on the internet, which HarperCollins didn't really make clear. Um, so the agent picked him up, signed him on the basis of what he had up on the internet. He took it off the internet and contacted me and said, I've really appreciated the feedback that you've been giving me. Would, would you be willing to keep doing it? I was like, yeah, sure. I'm enjoying reading this. So I did that. Uh, his agent um, got him signed to a three-book deal with Head of Zeus. Um, and so the Grim Company um, came out. And when it was all finalized, Luke uh, messaged me and said, yeah, thanks very much for all your help. I'll, I'll, put, uh, I'll put a thanks to you in the acknowledgements. And uh, would you like me to put in a good word for you with my agent? To which my response was, yes, yes, please. Thank you very much. That would be lovely. Thank you. Um, and so he did. So he introduced me to his agent, Rob. Um, and I, I put to Rob what I was writing at the time. And Rob read it and thought, you know, we can do something with this. And so Rob signed me as well. Um, and it, after, after I'd been going, I'd been approaching agents for ages. Uh, I hadn't been getting anywhere. And then basically because I did a nice thing for a guy on the internet and he did a nice thing back to me, I ended up with an agent who was actually looking at what I was writing and decided that we could go from there. And we, we tried, I had to redo the urban fantasy do it differently because rob said you know my writing was good but the story wasn't something that we could sell so i did something different and we nearly got published with that with del ray but then they they wavered at the last minute so it went away and i wrote something else which was science fiction which was dark run and went back to them uh, because they'd already said you know we really like what you're writing let me see what you do next so we came back with what i was writing next which was dark run and we looked at it and said yeah we'll take it wow that's all and uh this is what I, why I tell people all the time is that if, if you're kind and nice to people <laughs> and, and try to be a productive member of the, the writer community, you know, good things happen. <laughs> Obviously, it comes down to your book. You know, you, you could write horrible stuff and, it, you know, people still think you're nice. But when it all both comes together, um, magic happens. So that's, that's awesome. Actually, that's probably the best story I've had on this podcast as far as uh, getting into publishing. <laughs> so that's awesome. Now, as far as your series goes, I, I've read it described as Firefly and The Expanse had a love child. <laughs> now, <laughs> yeah, that's, a, that's a quite they got on the front of the third book. And I saw I was like, yes, I like this quote. That's good. <laughs> but that could, works. Could you kind of describe um, the, the series uh, as far as where it is now? I mean, you can give spoilers if you want. Um, but but what exactly is the core story of this trilogy or this series so far? Um, the the core story it's it's a little bit difficult to say. I guess for one thing, I, I will I will say um, yesterday I finished my final edits on an epic fantasy novel that I've been working on for quite a while now, and so um, now I've got to remember what was I writing before? What was I? Oh yes. Um, 
so yeah, it, it's it's essentially it's a series of books about um, the crew of the Keiko, which is a freighter ship um, about five hundred years or so into the future. Um, it's I, I've tr- I've tried to go for a sort of like what I call grimy space opera. So it's not it's not shiny. There's there's not sort of Star Trek doors that slide aside with a whooshy noise and everything's all clean and sparkly. It's all a bit, everything's held together with the 25th century edition of duct tape. Um, and things break, things go wrong, stuff is old. And yeah, and the galaxy's been colonized by humans, and there's no aliens involved because I couldn't get my head around writing an alien that seemed realistic. <laughs> and and it wasn't it wasn't what interested me anyway. So the galaxy has been colonized by humans, and sort of the various different countries from Earth have formed up into big power blocks to try and grab as much natural resources as possible, which is what I imagined would happen. You know, if we if we got to the stage where we can go out into the galaxy, I imagine people are going to band together to try and get this bit for themselves. So you've still got broadly um, geographic alliances. So you've got. Um, you know, Canada and the United States, Mexico are kind of banded together and most of Europe's banded together and, and Russia's got back with China and all this stuff. And so in the gaps between these different, you know, in, in international space, if you like, where nobody's claimed yet because it doesn't look that interesting and and in between the different laws of the different places, you've got people trying to make a living, uh, which is what this freighter does. And Unfortunately, I mean, well, on 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 the freighter, the the crew, there's there's an unwritten rule that you don't you don't have to talk about your past. Um, you're just trying to there to to make a living. But unfortunately, people have pasts, and in particular, the captain Ichabod Drift has several pasts. And Dark Run picks up when one of them really comes back to bite him, um, which kind of starts the whole chain of events of the series as they they keep the crew keeps trying to stay ahead of various things that come up that as a as a crew of smugglers and occasional bounty hunters they are really not prepared for and they just have to keep desperately trying to to survive um in the wake of bad decisions and things coming back from the past and that's such an awesome name for main character by the way ichabod drift i mean (laughs) obviously you got the ichabod from uh, Mo- Moby Dick. Uh, I don't know if that was an inspiration. And then Drift, obviously, uh, is very science fiction. No, uh, Ichabod actually was. Um, I think it was one of these things that kind of popped into my head. It's just a name turned up. It's like that's an awesome name. I need to use that for something. And then it turned up, and I could use it for this. Um, and I think thinking about it, Ichabod probably came from Sleepy Hollow. Ichabod Crane. You, you know, now that you mention it, and, I, and I, I've obviously ha- not had enough coffee this morning, but. <laughs> I was thinking of Ishmael, not Ichabod, but ah. yeah, Sleepy Hollow, uh, definitely Ichabod. I don't know why I was thinking that. Probably because it's a ship in space, but yeah, it's it's not his real name anyway. But oh, well, then people better pick it up and and, and discover. Did do you ever reveal his real name? No, not yet. Not yet. No. Well, then, he's had he he had another name in the past that he was known as, but that wasn't his real name either. See, I love Probably. characters with with pasts, especially dark pasts. And that, that's just another little tidbit that the readers, you know, going along and trying to figure out as, as, aside from the main plot. But it, it sounds fantastic. And it, it's this is all science fiction. And you said you had written an urban fantasy. Would you consider yourself to be the type of writer? Because I, I do myself who, who whatever the idea is, you go for it. You, you don't really care about sticking to science fiction or sticking to fantasy. Oh, God, no. I never really, I always, 
Um, I always kind of wanted to write fantasy when I was younger. Um, and I ended up writing urban fantasy because I was reading Jim Butcher's Dresden Files and loved them. And, and came up with a lot of, because I guess I'm looking at the stuff like the, uh, the urban fantasy from America that I, that I've been reading. And then I looked at Britain and obviously there is so much more urban history here, I guess. Um, I mean, obviously there is an, an enormous amount of history in, in North America, um, from way before, you know, white settlers from Europe got there, but it's, it wasn't urban history. And a lot of it you know, is not recorded in the same way as European history is. Whereas, so if you look at like Chicago or something, there's a few hundred years of history there that we know about of it as a city uh, in, in that location. You look at London and it's been there a couple of thousand years at least. You know, Nottingham, I used to work in a pub called Yield Church of Jerusalem, which dates back to 1189 or something. Oh, wow. um, a pub. Yeah, I worked in that pub in Nottingham. It's just, you, you look at that and you think, there is so much history here that we know about, or at least we know somebody's version of. Um, and that was a, a really interesting thing to, to look into and mine and, and turn into sort of an urban fantasy, um, into sort of putting, putting a, a British spin on stuff. We're mainly at that point, I've been reading American stuff, but always back when I was like a kid and a teenager, I always wanted to write epic fantasy. But when it came to it, it never got about two chapters in and never went any further. And when I, when the, when the urban fantasy was originally knocked back from Del Rey, and I was talking with my agent and say, and he was saying, okay, they want, they want to see what you want to write next. What do you want to write next? And I was trying to think, well, I've got a lot of different ideas of stuff I could write. Um, I was thinking, I don't think I'm ready as an author yet to tackle the urban fantasy. I, well, no, sorry, the, the epic fantasy idea has been kicking around in my head for, 20 years um i don't think i'm ready to do that justice yet so i think okay well what else what other ideas have i got that that i could i could develop and so i kind of said okay what are they actually looking for we, they definitely don't want urban fantasy we know that what would they be looking for so actually my agent rob had a conversation with, with michael who was editor at del rey at the time and and came back and said, okay, these are the sort of things that they might look for if it was good. And I looked down the list and was like, uh, oh, you know, that, yeah, I've got an idea that I could use for that. That could work, which is why I started writing science fiction, because I had a few I had a few ideas in my head. I looked at the sort of things that they might be looking for and went, yeah, I can, I can, I reckon I can do that. Um, it was, it wasn't that it was any better than the other ideas I had, but I thought, well, I've got a better chance of this one not essentially being wasted effort if I'm actually trying to get published. Um, so that was why I ended up writing science fiction because it, because it, that looked like the idea that was the best bet. Right. Um, whereas then I, more recently I started writing my epic fantasy because I was like, okay, I, I actually want to do this now. I've got enough ideas. I think I can do them justice. I wasn't even, I wasn't even doing it necessarily with the idea of, at this point approaching anybody with it because there is a thing within the industry often that um, publishers don't want you to move genres if you're a science fiction writer they don't want you to do fantasy if you're a fantasy writer they don't want you to do science fiction because it involves repackaging you again when they've already 
they've already got you in the box once. Right. But, but I just wanted to try it and see what happened and explore some ideas. And I did, and it's come, I've, I've finished it now. Um, so it, it's kind of what I'm doing now is it's almost not moving away from, from, from what I was originally doing. It's going back to what I was trying to do when I was 13 and just sucks at. <laughs> yeah, and then going back and saying, okay, I, I've learned. I know my stuff now. Let's, let's have another whack at it. What, what do you think the status of urban fantasy is right now? Because obviously, like you mentioned, it, it got oversaturated. It was everywhere and still is everywhere. But at the same time, do you think maybe there would be a resurgence or we need a few more years of a break oh goodness knows i mean i mean you still got some of the the, the big series are still going like the dresden file i mean uh, um i think jim Bush is putting out another dresden files later this year i'm look, definitely looking forward to that um i'm increasingly coming to the conclusion that i don't like harry dresden very much anymore he's not a very nice man but i'm still looking forward to <laughs> still looking forward to reading the um reading the books um and i think because kevin Hearn's just finished the iron drew chronicles i think yeah the think last the book last just came out just come out yeah um and there's but there's a few others that um um or oh, ben aronovich is doing rivers of london series set in obviously set in london um but you, you still see so you still see some casualties there was um uh, Kate Griffin, who also write, who writes more these days, is Claire North. Um, okay. She had an urban fantasy series, the Urban Magic series, which I thought was absolutely wonderful, which is also set in London, which most um, UK urban fantasy is. Um, I really love the Urban Magic series. It was incredibly inventive and amazing. She's an amazing writer. Uh, but I guess I'm guessing that it didn't really sell quite as well as they wanted because after four books that stopped and then she kind of brought something called Magicals Anonymous, which was a little bit more, not lighter, but a little bit more upbeat, a little bit more accessible, maybe. And then that went for two books and then that stopped as well. And but then she started writing bestsellers as Claire North, um, which is still kind of speculative fiction, but not in the same yeah, it's the sort of thing that appears on sort of the, the weekday morning book club on breakfast TV, which you'd never get away with if it was traditional science fiction or fantasy. Right. Uh, Leaning toward more literary fiction, as they say. Yeah, yeah. And just, I mean, I, mean uh, I, I don't like to draw the distinction so much between literary fiction and science fiction. As far as I'm concerned, literary fiction is just fiction that doesn't have a genre. Right. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, um, the, <laughs> it's the bland mold that... <laughs> <laughs> you can't put anything I, yeah, in. I, I, uh, I, I'd hesitate to say that. You don't want to get into into a genre. <laughs> I have been quoted before as saying that literary fiction is for people who can't write a good story. Oh, yeah, yeah that, but I, I was I wasn't really. <laughs> um, anyway, she, she's writing really sort of really popular books now, which is they've still got that twist of of something that's magical or, or unrealistic, um, but it's not quite the same sort of thing. Um, because I think, her, the, the, but I, I mean, I really wish she'd go back to writing the flat up urban fantasy because I absolutely loved it. But for whatever reason, I don't know if it's sales figures. That's my guess because that's what it normally would be. But for whatever reason, that's not happening anymore. So there are still series that get started but don't seem to come to a conclusion. Um, I don't know. It, it might come back, but I think what people have been saying is, yeah, if, you, if you're going to sell urban fantasy these days, you really need to have. You, a really unique take on it you know it's not you know true blood was was did a hell of a lot of stuff for, for vampires and werewolves and you, you you can't just get away with that now right um, 
you need something new for publishers to have an idea that it's going to grab someone rather than someone pick up and go, oh, well, this is just a, a retread of True Blood or the... Yeah, oh, uh, vampires or, again, huh? Yeah. Vampire Diaries or whatever they are. Right. And something interesting is that people have been calling, a few people have been calling my book Smoke Eaters an urban fantasy in the future, which really surprised me because I... I <laughs> of all the genres that I could describe that as, urban fantasy, but I guess it's... I mean, it's in the future, but it's kind of modern. I, I don't. I mean, my take is the book isn't mine anymore. It's it's the reader. So if that's what they decide to call it, awesome. But I didn't. Well, always... so I haven't got around to reading yours yet. But I sort of like uh, firefighters and dragons. Right. I was immediately in my mind was that sounds like urban fantasy. It also sounds cool. Right. Uh, but it sounds like urban fantasy without having read anything more about it. So. Right. Well, hey, but then it's got enough science fiction. Maybe I'm. Maybe I'm in that middle ground. I can go one way or the other. So, yeah. Um, let's talk about your music because you're okay. in, a, in a punk band and you also DJ. I, I DJ sometimes um, when I can get a gig. Uh, <laughs> so, ha, do you find that uh, having musical ability or at least an interest in music helps in your writing, at least with the beats and the flow of the, of the dialogue and the narrative? I, I don't know, because I guess I haven't tried writing without having the interest in music. Um, it's very difficult for me to sort of say, oh, yeah, this definitely helps when I've never done it without it. Um, I do. I don't know. I think the only thing I can say is I know that it's very difficult for me to shift my head from one to the other. Um, if I'm if I've been doing a lot of uh, prose writing. I find it very hard to get my head into the place where I can do, where I can write song lyrics. Um, for whatever reason, it seems my brain approaches the two differently and doesn't like moving between them. Right. Um, if if I haven't been doing much writing for a while, then then song lyrics come much easier. Yeah, that makes sense. It's it's two different areas, and you kind of have to shift. So, mm. uh, as far as DJing, what what kind of uh, stuff do you do you play? Uh, uh, sort of rock punk metal type stuff as i'm not a dj in i'm making my own beats i'm a dj in that i play other people's songs and try and get people to dance um right same uh, here mm -hmm. yeah um yeah i mean i don't to be fair i don't do a, a, a great deal i've uh i guess sometimes at the nottingham trent university's rock society club night um cool. and I've done the uh, the disco at the Nine Worlds convention in London for the last couple of years. Um, that oh, was really awesome. cool. Yeah, that, no, I really love doing that. It's amazing. That's what I really would like to try is uh, going to a con and, and DJing one night. It, here in this area, it's you, I would love to do more punk rock and, and classic metal like Judas Priest and things like that, Dio. But uh, in this area, it's mainly either hip-hop or EDM. And, oh, right, yeah. Yeah, yeah EDM... I, I have more of a knowledge in hip hop, but uh, mixing and transitioning with EDM is way easier. But I'm, I'm not very hip on what's hot in EDM because <laughs> it all just sounds the same to me. I, I don't. I, <laughs> I'm, I'm probably going to get crap for that, but but it does. It's 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 just you know uns, 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 in, in just a different way. But but the hip hop, it, it. I mean, it's it's interesting. It's fun, and when you know you got certain chemicals inside you it's awesome but <laughs> but uh yeah i don't know it's it's fun to do and it's it's nice to make a little extra tax-free money on the side so all right uh we'll go ahead and wrap this up um, okay 
I just want to thank wanna, you very much for inviting me on. Hey, thank you for being here. We want to let all the listeners out there again know about the Keiko series. There's Dark Run, Dark Sky, and Dark Deeds, which just came out in November. Mike, thanks again so much for being here. No problem. Thank you. And I also want to mention that Mike freelances for Black Library, so be sure to check that out as well. I want to thank you so much for joining me here on Cosmic Dragon. This has been episode 12. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean Grigsby and also at my website, which is www.seangrigsby.com. S-E-A-N-G-R-I-G-S-B-Y. Until next time. Oh, wow. Next time is going to be episode 13. I'm going to have to get somebody very, very lucky. <laughs> <laughs>